All right, welcome to Old School, Jane Kugler, Michael Shore, Mark Thompson. Uh, earlier on the TYT network today on the Young Turks, we had uh, legendary actor James Cromwell, uh, who's on strike, join us. And now we have other legendary SAG after uh, strikers, <laughs> uh, Mark Thompson and Michael Shore with us. I think that's a small L on legendary. Um, You're, and in Michael's case, a small A on actor. <laughs> Well, Jesus. I've seen your work. <laughs> Have you? Uh, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now we're on to something instantly, okay? So we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna do a number of things today, including uh, Donald Trump's uh, $2.5 million he got paid on a boxing match, we'll explain. Uh, and Megyn Kelly and Donald Trump have done uh, bygones be bygones, we'll explain, uh, if that makes sense. And then I'm gonna get into an awesome game of who is the top actor on this panel in a second. Uh, but first, <laughs> old, old school, brought to you by shoptyt.com where you can get a beautiful hat that Mark's got on with this yeah, beautiful baby. jacket and shirt I have on. Uh, so this jacket you actually can get at shoptyt.com, so check it out. Mark, is that a new hat? No, that's a classic hat actually, Jenk. This is really, if I can tell you, this is my most prized hat from TYT, I, and I have had a lot of the different logos and the member hat and everything, but and I enjoy all of them. This is truly the hat that I keep in a special place. I only bring it out for the uh, TYT appearances. It's very, it's a classic logo, and I really love it. I love it too. All right, shoptyt.com. Okay, so let's do it. Let's ready to rumble. Well, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> That's going to be in another story, okay? Yeah. Uh, so, who is the biggest actor on Old School tonight? Okay. So, <laughs> I I've been in a number of movies. I get residuals. Not a big deal. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So now, what, what are you getting residuals on, Jack? I didn't I didn't know this. I'm getting residuals on Money Monster. Oh. That was that George Clooney movie, and and my friend Jodie Foster directed it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this old school already. This is great. Okay. So my friends, not my friends, my kids. Now when I say, "Hey, we'll be watching something," and Rosaria Dawson will come on. Uh, on a Star Wars show that we're watching, right? And she's all over Star Wars, she's all over everything now. And I'll say, uh, hey, that's a friend of mine. Uh, but I'll also say it about the guy from Crazy Rich Asians in Silicon Valley. Um, I always forget his name, is it Yang? I, I don't know, anyways. Uh, Andrew Yang? What is it? Andrew Yang? No, Andrew Yang? <laughs> Andrew Yang actually. Oh, was he in Crazy Rich Asians? I'm thinking, man, I, no, he was not. Andrew <laughs> Yang and Tulsi Gabbard were not in Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> uh, they were in a different production, a different theater. Um, anyways, uh, but I'll run into that guy. Oh, Tony Gonzalez. I ran into Tony Gonzalez the other day at the mall. Uh, now, if I say hi, if I don't say hi, then they're not friends. But if I say hi for even two seconds, I'll kid around and say they're friends of mine, right? So Tony Gonzalez, the uh, Tony Gonzalez, the former. Tight end. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's uh -huh. the uh, we saw him at a at a sneaker shop in a in a mall in L.A. And actually, Pro was with me at the time. And Pro uh, was he just turned thirteen? He was twelve when we saw uh, Gonzalez. And I'm like, Pro, don't turn around, don't turn around. But legendary tight end Tony Gonzalez is behind you. 
So now you guys want to guess what Pro did? Don't turn right around. He 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 did this. <laughs> instantly, instantly. Yeah. And what what if you ran into Texas Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez? Would he have turned around? Uh, I would have. Less so, probably. Less so. <laughs> okay. Although there was that rando receiver on the Colts for like a minute that wound up becoming a congressman from Ohio yeah, or something. I, correct. Yeah. That that was. Um, that was, yeah, I know who that was. That he, he voted for impeachment and that was the end of him. Yeah, because he was a Republican. He voted for impeachment of yeah. Trump oh, right, and so right, that right. It yeah. obviously ended yeah. his career. And I think yeah. his last name might have been Gonzalez too, actually. But I think, no, I think his first name was Anthony. He <laughs> might have also been Gonzalez, but- <laughs> It might have been, it might have been. We'll look it up in a second. Anyways, um, so whenever I say, hey, that person's a friend of mine uh, in a show or, or movie that, my kids both go, oh, okay, yeah, you met him at a ball for five seconds, right? <laughs> so, but Jodie Foster has been in two movies that I've been in. I've been a part of it. So I've been in four major motion pictures and then and then a whole bunch of documentaries. But so we're gonna we're gonna have, maybe we'll have the audience vote, okay? But but I'm I remember some of your guys' movies, but not all of them. So Michael, remind us what movies you've been in. Well, my first role, uh, and uh, you know, it's hard for me to talk about because it was the last time that I worked with Olivier, was, um, was <laughs> as an ex- Olivier uh, Gonzalez. Extra <laughs> in a scene in Marathon Man. Uh, oh, wow, so that was, actually is a good actually, rag. I, I did walk, I worked with Olivier, like Olivier walks out right in front of me. You really I, did work with him, holy, that's so impressive. Right. Have I won yet? Uh, no, because okay. because right. I I worked with Gene Hackman in a similar way. I mean, Olivier maybe beats Hackman, but I've got a lot more than Hackman to back it up. So, so but keep going. So that was that was as an extra. Mm -hmm. uh, I was uh, I was in a film with. Uh, it's again, it's hard for me to talk about because it was River's last movie, but uh, River Phoenix. <laughs> Oh my God. In a movie called The Thing Called Love, uh, where I did have a line. I was in a scene with Dermot Mulroney, and I mm. had lines in that scene. Uh, I was in a movie called the, uh, it was a TV movie called The Elizabeth Taylor Story, where I played an Italian reporter. Uh, mm. It was a scene that took place in Italy, which, of course, when you think of Italy, you obviously think of Altadena because that's where we shot it. Uh, <laughs> I was in a film called Showgirls, where I had a scene with Elizabeth yes. Berkeley. Uh, and I was in, well, what else was Wait, I? Wait, hold in on. Showgirls, that's gotta be hard for you to talk about. <laughs> it's no, that's uh, nobody's, everybody's alive. Everybody's fine. It's <laughs> well, again, really, were their careers the alive after that? It's fine, everyone's alive, I should say. Although Paul Verhoeven, I believe, uh, no longer with us, the director. And Peter Bogdanovich directed me in The Thing Called Love. So there, there's some studly- Wow, you really have a, a storied history with distinguished directors, I'll say that. I was also in uh, House Party 3. Ah, seen that was the best of the House Party series, I thought. Uh, many do, but you have to say three, because you don't want people to think that you were in one or two. Right. Yeah, and, and I so, thought I was done with the House Party series, but in House Party 3, they pulled me back in. 
<laughs> exactly. You're not alone, Jenk. Uh, so I had, a pl- I had my scene I did there. I played a waiter and I did a scene with both kid and play. Uh, and then in Strong. the last, my last work, my most recent work, I think, well, no, I was in Mad as Hell. But my most recent work uh, was uh, in uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, where I had a scene with Larry David, uh, uh, sort of. Well, what do you mean, sort of? Yeah. Well, I improvised. We were we had a phone call, and I improvised my end of the phone call with him on the set, and then he was on set and improvised his end of the phone call with me uh, when I was, uh, you know, when I actually did my lines. That's but, very cool. What were you improvising yeah. around? Who were you? <laughs> so in the so it was um, it was a scene where um, the Leon Black had moved in with with Larry. And they both had the same cell phone and Leon was looking for a job and the people called him. But it turns out he took Larry's phone with him that day and Larry had his phone. So when when I spoke to uh, to to Leon uh, or when I, when I called to, to offer Leon a job, uh, Larry picked up and you know, and then he screamed at me. So why are you talking, telling me about a job, you know, what job and screaming, what, what do you do when you order a soda? Do you say, I want a soda, I want a soda, I want a soda, you know? So I said- How I'm many takes was that? Oh, I don't think it was very many takes. We had a good time improvising the call um, and then we did it. And of course, you know- You're an improv specialist actually, I know that. Having been with the, the, the ground- Los Angeles. I know the Michael Shore history. Michael, I don't know why I never saw that scene. Like that's actually egregious. It's kind of a little bit of a crime against humanity that I never saw it. Like I think I remember you mentioning it before, but then how could I have not followed up? So do you remember what season, what episode it was? I don't remember what season or episode. I remember the episode was called Rat Dog. That's all. I I don't know what season. Okay, we're writing that one down. Before we go to Mark and his list, was that it, Mark uh, Michael? By the way, that was a significant list. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah, okay, the, was, yeah, the odds yeah, makers got you with, in the lead right now. Scenes with lines, yeah. scenes with lines. I think uh, uh, yes, and I had some other extra things. So, were all of those uh, movies you had a scenes with lines? I had lines and everything except Marathon Man. Wow! Oh, is that right? Oh, that's wow! Really impressive. Well, you are wow. significantly With the, the Jody. The Jody Foster films. You had uh, lines. Uh, me? Oh, what kind of? Well, we'll get into that. Oh, that was. I'm sorry. That was you. Yeah, I yeah. confused. Oh, please. The he's, he's, There's so much good work being done between you two that it's hard yeah. to keep him. He's track. Yeah. he's only Olivier and Bogdanovich. Okay. I, yeah, I that's right. You. Bogdanovich, right? Okay. And River, yeah. Oh, yeah, and River. I know, but you don't like to talk about it. That's why I yeah. skipped it. Okay, but before we go to Mark, the answer is in. It's Anthony Gonzalez, as we both suspected. He right. was a receiver oh, yeah. for the Colts, and then he was, he was a congressman briefly. So, Ian in our member section has written a number of things, including just evening. Well, evening right back at you, Ian. But that's not why I bring up, up Ian. But because I bring him up for these two great comments. Who is more legendary, Tony Gonzalez or Randy Gonzalez? Okay, and for Young Turks fans, that is an excellent question. But whatever the answer is, make sure you tell Randy Gonzalez. And Ian also wrote in, Michael Schur in Showgirls was truly epic. Which then makes me wonder, did he actually watch it and see you in it? Uh, 
<laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I don't. What know. did you say in Showgirls? Do you remember the line? Yeah, I said um, my big line, what, you know, my on camera was line was, um, uh, uh, she said, you can't touch me, but I can touch you. And I say, I believe I know where I could touch you. Wow. Oh, wait a minute. That can That's get you strong. canceled these days. Whoa, 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 uh, back it up. <laughs> yeah. How I, many days were you on the set? I was on the set for four days. Um, wow. And uh, wow. yeah, yeah, and because I had some off-camera lines, and then they were shooting other things where I was in the background, and um, and I uh, another guy from the Groundlings who I knew, Jim Wise, uh, who's a writer and funny man, uh, was in that uh, in in that scene as well with me, and it was um, it was great. We had a really good time. <laughs> it was just, and I had a little side story here. I had a friend who was visiting me because we thought it was right around the Super Bowl when we were shooting this. We thought I'd be working a day because I only had a line and it was four days. So we went to the Super Bowl in Vegas. We watched the Super Bowl in Vegas, but Dan came to the set one day. The set was basically a strip club. I mean, it really was that it was just naked women walking around and you know, between takes they'd put on a, a bathrobe or something. And um, so Dan couldn't believe that this is what I was doing. And, and he, I walk over to like, you know where the snack table is. I, there's a you know uh, they cater the stuff and uh, and I hear Dan talking to someone and uh, the woman and this I'm not making this a woman saying so, you know I do shoots like Hustler and things like that, but I mostly work at this place out in the valley and and Dan's like oh Hustler I, I've read Hustler. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. And then she said, Yeah, oh shit, oh my God, yeah, I just finished a scene. And I hear Dan ask her, What was your theme to her scene? And she says it was a skiing one. And she explained to Dan. So Dan was having this very serious, huh? it's like, What am I doing here? But he's having a great, serious conversation about a hustler spread, which is fantastic. So yeah. there's he, some chance. He what to ask. There's some chance that Michael has been in more movies than he has watched. <laughs> there is a chance that I have. Yes, there's unquestionably. Uh, I've been in more movies, that, like I've been in some movies that I haven't watched. I never saw House Party Three, so um, that there yeah. are. Yeah, so there's that is yeah, deeply tough, disappointing. Tough we'll have to. That's disappointing and uh, honestly uh, uh, blasphemous yeah. not to watch your own work. You know I mean, what? It's, it's, it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. too yet. Ruin it. Yeah, well, yeah, I know it's always uncomfortable watching your own work. I know. Um, <laughs> we should we should do a, a, a TYT a movie viewing night where we show all the clips that we're in. We should have Ben anchor it like a film festival. That would be funny. Oh, that would, that be, would be hilarious. Funny. That's a great idea, yes. actually. And in this yeah. period piece, Michael Shore <laughs> is plays the role of an Italian reporter. And uh, though not in Italy, it does have some authenticity because Michael does yeah. in fact speak Italian. And I put an Italian, had to put an Italian accent of a guy speaking English, which was great too. So do you remember what the line there was? Uh, are you two going to marry? Are you two going to marry? Like that. Oh, that's good. Wow. It was really, wow. Taylor, <laughs> yes, I know. It I can like, see like you bring it to life. I can you see you've got a lot of. It's been yeah. so many years, you know. I mean, I you, you never lose that. It's like riding a bike for you. I can tell. It, you know yeah, what? I, you don't ask Redford and Hoffman to do uh, Woodward and Bernstein now, but if they did, they would do it well. They could hit the mark. Yeah. Yeah. You true. know what? Uh, I, now I'm a little pissed that they picked Chris Pratt to do the Mario Brothers movie. I mean, <laughs> there you were. 
There you Imagine were. Imagine you're pissed how I feel, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's more to uh, Michael. I mean, we haven't even gotten into Bob Evans. That's a whole different thing. Okay. Oh yeah, Michael is really from yeah. uh, with show business royalty around yeah. him. Uh, but uh, uh, but Mark, royalty. movies. Uh, I just saw a film that I'd forgotten. <laughs> you might imagine I've <laughs> I have a body of work that's so vast <laughs> that it's hard for me to recall everything. Um, but I just saw the end, which is the time that I appear in this film. Of set it off, Jada Pinkett, Queen Latifah. Wow! Oh, and which one were you? The, at the end of the film, there is a high-speed chase. Queen Latifah is being chased by the cops. There's a horrible shootout, but it's preceded by this uh, helicopter following the car. It's a night shot. Pretty dramatic, pretty intense. And there's an anchor man who is coming on to kind of do the play by play of what's happening. And I am that anchor man. And were it just that, it would be more forgettable. Uh, but it's less forgettable because there is a moment at which the anchor man chokes up as this woman has lost her life in a hail wow. of bullets. So, so you I really have to do some method stuff. Thank you. I had to choke up and I brought a little bit of what Michael brought in his showgirls performance. I brought to the set it off moment and the director F. Gary Gray, after we finished, it was the first thing shot in the movie. It was shot before any other sequences in the film. And I didn't know this until the director took me aside. He put his arm around me and he said, that was terrific. And he said, honestly, that sets the bar really high for us. She's got to really deliver on that scene. Now, I don't know if he was just saying that or not, but it was a really cool thing for a director to say to a performer. So it was really, so set it off is one thing that I did, Jenk. Um, I also, as you know, had a critical sequence in Independence Day. I'm, I'm sorry, I was in Independence Day, but a critical sequence in Day After Tomorrow. Uh, Independence Day, I was one of like 400 reporters who all had roles in Independence Day. I don't think I had any lines that that made the um, made the final cut. But right. in um, Day After Tomorrow, I had a, I'm just say pivotal scene, Jenk. I don't want to, you know, I, I, I'm not showboating about it. Just saying. Uh, let me I, guess. Let me I, guess. You played a reporter. <laughs> You'd be wrong, Michael. Wow. I, played, I played the on-air meteorologist who's <laughs> pointing to everything and talking about the end of the world. How could you, that was a sitter and you missed it. It was right there. It was a softball. Sorry, yeah. A reporter. Right. Sorry, I'm, I'm, my apologies. Uh, you know, it's uh, to say you were typecast would really be exaggerated. I played a reporter in uh, The Cable Guy. Right. Jim Carrey. I worked on set with... Ben Stiller and also with Judd Apatow. Sorry, did I, I hung did, you out. Say, did you say Olivia? Uh, <laughs> I would say that the modern age is Olivier. Because you care. Okay. That's a good point. Um, Regeneration. Olivia. But I did one film that I know is going to make Michael Shore sick that I did it, and it wasn't him. Was and here's what it is Mystery Alaska, Youngblood, Slapshot. What was it? I played Kenneth Michaels, my 
character had a name, which in movies is a big deal, apparently. I didn't know this until they, they cast and said, your character has a name. It's very unusual. Um, the American President, Ooh. the Aaron Sorkin film. Sure. Yeah. Played in a uh, two sequences with Richard Dreyfus. It was I'm very pleased. cool. Yeah, we went back and forth. Else. I know someone else who, Karen Mariama, a friend, uh, was in uh, was in that. Uh, someone I also knew from the Growlings had a role in that movie that oh. had scenes and a name, so that was good. Wow. Oh, that, yeah. So that Man. was that was a good thing. The American President. I, I played yeah. like um, like uh, the host of a one of those round to Washington Week type shows or something like that. I played sort of that kind of thing. Oh, that's what you were in that. Yeah. So yeah, but I, Kenneth Michaels was the name of the character. If you yeah. want to uh, check out the work, I think it really stands uh, up to this day, Michael. You may want to check it out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm rushing out. Yeah, I, I didn't know what I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I mean, these are, these guys are no joke. Okay, this is some mm. serious competition. Mark, any other ones? Jenk, I have a lot of stuff. Yeah. I was in. Multiple X Files episodes. I was in multiple episodes of 24. You played a TV journalist or a reporter or an anchor or a host. Well, sorry, I wasn't on a ad lib call with Larry David. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, no. okay. these are big movies I'm talking about. 24 was a hit series. How dare no. you mock my work? No, 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 no. All this right, is a no, competition. This is a competition. I'm eliminating all TV shows because. Oh, okay. So, so it's sorry, only Michael. I'm crossing out curb your enthusiasm, even though it's super oh, fun. Oh, Michael. Okay. That's a huge loss. You just because, dropped back laps. Because ridiculous. look, if we're counting TV, not only was Mark in all those episodes of X Files and like a million other things, Mark hosted several shows. Uh, and Mark was also the voice of American Idol and Cops and on and on. And, uh, and I, by the way, you were the Michael was a host of Current TV. He was at Al Jazeera. I was a host on MSNBC. This gets yeah, silly pretty quickly. Right. So no, sorry, TV's so out. Pay cable, pay cable, paid cable. It's too bad because I was in another uh, project. I'd like to say they call them projects in Hollywood. Michael, I don't know if you're familiar with that term. You know, let's eliminate roles that you do in your real life because we're talking about acting, aren't we? I was in Commander in Chief with Donald Sutherland. I played multiple scenes with Donald Sutherland. And I remember I couldn't, I was so anxious. I mean, I was sweating like a guy having a stroke, trying to remember the lines. All he's, I cared about was the lines. I mean, really, I was just thinking, just get the lines right, because he's, he's a legendary actor. He's my favorite actor. Uh, he's so good. I and that. when I walk, I, but I walked into the makeup trailer, and he said to me, "Hey, I saw you on Twenty Four last night." Well, because, so you, because you worked with Donald and Kiefer. Yeah, because his son, right? It was in Twenty Four. Um, but that was the most exciting thing to be in uh, in the, it scenes with that, like Richard Dreyfus, and uh, in that case, Donald Sutherland and stuff. What so, was your, what was your role in the Sutherland? Uh, I was also like a kind of like a McLaughlin Group guy, or like a Bob Schieffer guy. So you a know, TV like host, reporter, type. not a reporter, Michael. Uh, a, I would say, kind of, um, kind of what you did at Current, sort of you like. Know, yeah. I, so yeah. you did your day job, basically. Well, you yeah. could say that. I mean, I had to remember lines and I had to act, Michael. And then Donald Sutherland. I wasn't going to say this, but just because you seem to be uh, coming after me a little bit, let me brush you back with the mm -hmm. fact that Donald Sutherland, after the rehearsal, reached over, he grabbed my arm, he said, "That was terrific." Right. Yeah. And like. And Gary Gray, there's nobody else who heard either of them say that, right? 
Uh, <laughs> 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 You're challenging the veracity of my story? You think I made that up? <laughs> this, is, this has really gone sideways, Jank. <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to take- uh, Curb your dog, Jank. That's what I have to say to you, curb your dog. Okay, well, there's a lot of curbing on this episode. Uh, Air okay. Force One I was in uh, as well, and um, and deterrence, which is, a, I'm really all over deterrence, which is a, a film as well, uh, directed by Rod Lurie. Okay, look, I, clearly I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I started this <laughs> contest, okay? I had no idea you guys were actual SAG after, like you're not playing, okay? You guys are like on strike, this is ridiculous, okay? Like I get Mark started like two hours later. He's like, oh, right, right, right. I was in Casablanca and Gone <laughs> with the Wind and right. And so, but I do like that Mark was typecast as Bob Schieffer. Yeah, not, well, it wasn't. I mean, I just picked his name, but like, you know, like George Stephanopoulos. Okay, you Stephanopoulos, we'll take Stephanopoulos. Because no you one want, in the world want, has yeah, ever yeah. been typecast as Bob Schieffer. Okay. No, I wasn't typecast. He said typecast, I'm not typecast. That'll win all of these roles over, Michael. That's a beat, a out, beat out improv specialist like yourself. Was there ever a role you had where you weren't holding a microphone? Um, I didn't think so. Well, so, no, no, I, I mean, there are a lot. Of, well, I wasn't holding a microphone in Day After Tomorrow, where I played the uh, meteorologist. Right. I'm on a set though, you're saying where I don't play a television person? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question, hang on a second. Okay, while I hang on, I'm gonna actually mm -hmm. give you some props. I think it's very, the, the biggest thing Mark has going for him is that he did play a character with a name. I think Kenneth Michaels might tip the scales a little bit because that's uh, pretty good. But uh, wait. I think though, to, to Michael's point, I know, uh, thank you for tapping out. I. Uh, I don't think I did, I, I don't think I've, I, because honestly, when they want reporters and anchors, they go to my agent and other agents and they say, send in your people and then you 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 audition. It's still, yeah. you know, you're auditioning against all these other people who do exactly what you do. So it's still kind of uh, difficult, but having said that, yeah, I'm, I'm all my work is that. Cuz that's all, the stuff. and honestly, it's probably the only stuff I could really hit the ball with. I mean, listen to me, I sound like a broadcaster. So. You do. You do, uh, you yeah. could be other things, but you definitely sound like a broadcaster. Okay, yeah. uh, so it looks like it's over, uh, well, at least one of these two guys. I mean, they both have an incredible storied history, but wait for you, here comes Uger. Okay, you haven't gotten to mine yet. So uh -huh. I, I there was there's one TV show I got residuals for for a long time, not anymore because it's definitely not airing anymore. But uh, Dennis Miller Live was like a random talk show. You normally don't get paid on talk shows. But for that one, it was considered an entertainment talk show, so I got paid for it. And so I felt I had good feelings towards Dennis Miller, who was a right winger for a long time. Every time one of those $13 checks came in. Um, <laughs> okay. He bought, he bought your love for $13? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, now having said that, since all TV shows are eliminated, I only have four. I'm not like you guys, and I'm not counting the documentaries, and I'm not counting the movies made about me. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so well, you, I, were busy, you were busy building something. Michael and I were out there, you know, yeah, trying to, you know, catch lightning in a bottle. Well, let's see if mine compete. Okay, so mine were Enemy of the State, uh, Contact, Deep Impact, and Money Monster. Okay, wow, I think that actually is; those are very strong. Would you agree, Michael? 
I would agree, I would agree. They're not Olivier strong, but they're strong. (laughs) In terms of like major motion picture, if we were taking the average of our movies, then my average would be larger, right? Than than you guys, I think that probably. Well, let's run through it again uh, before we come into that. Independence Day. Well, no, that's a good point. I mean, Mark's Independence Day and and day after tomorrow. Yeah, and Cable Guy and American President. No, Mike, like you got to no Air Force One. No, never mind. Air Force I was One. Strong. I mean, Mark is box office. There's no question about it. Yeah, yeah. No, Mark wins that. <laughs> if I totally withdraw. Your Honor, withdrawn. Withdrawn. Will you stop yeah. it, Your Honor? Okay. Still, I'm impressed by those offerings, Jake. Yeah. What did you play in those films? Well, I'm glad you asked. I bet not a reporter. Okay, wrong. Two of them, I was a reporter. The other two, I won't. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and one was totally coincidence. So, the one that's easiest is Money Monster. Uh, that's, I had the very last line in that movie, and I played uh, this. Uh, actually, my uh, t- uh, character had a, a name too. It was Jank Uger. Um, so, <laughs> well, see, that's, that's, when you can, when you are at the level of as himself, is pretty good too. You know, that's a. Let me, let me use this moment to pivot to something that bothers me. It bothers me when I'm in a movie, and one of the Mission Impossible films I think did this with with Wolf Blitzer, and you'll see local anchors in New York. I remember seeing Chuck Scarborough, who's a big anchor in New York, do this when real news people, high profile news people, show up in their own. Chris Matthews did it when he yeah. actually shows up in the film. As Chris Matthews, right. and same thing is true with Wolf Blitzer. He showed up as well. Now they turned that was a an elaborate sequence in Mission Impossible, so maybe that I could let him give him a pass on that. But it bothers me. I mean, Anderson Cooper, you're doing your thing on CNN. You're supposed to be a news person. You're not supposed to be playing yourself in a movie. Do you? Am I just being an a hole, or is does that make sense? Uh, no, neither. Uh, it definitely doesn't make sense. Uh, but I don't think it rises to a hole. It's just a okay. quirk you yeah. have, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it it's like a super rando pet peeve that you have, uh, which yeah. the rest of us reject. But but it doesn't make you a bad person in any way, shape, or I form. See. Well, that's nice to know. I, I uh, it, and it may be, to be honest, a latent jealousy that I wish that you know I had that part or whatever. So to be fair, it, it could be that. I doubt it. I think it's just a random pet peeve. Okay, <laughs> so um, so at the end of Money Monster, I'm even wearing a TYT shirt, so it's kind of cool, right? So so that's pretty good. Wow. And I my line, I don't remember. Um, You're the I, last line of the movie. You don't remember what it was? Nope. Uh, I have to rewatch <laughs> the rest. By the way, that's the only line I had in any movie, and I don't remember it. Okay. I've got to find and which movie. gives begins to give you a sense of why I never became an actor. Uh, I cannot memorize those lines if my life depended on me. I'd be like Marlon it's Brando. Really I would write it on. I wrote it on Edwin's forehead when we did Money Monster. He was stage managing, and I wrote. I'm kidding. I didn't. But but that's what Brando he used to do. For it. What's that? He still has it on his forehead. Just look at him and see what it said. <laughs> Anyways, well, you know the most famous example of someone who you know is a brilliant actor who couldn't remember his lines is Marlon Brando. I mean, and there are a bunch of stills from the set of The Godfather, and you see. Robert Duvall holding cards with the with the script on them, with the with the words, it's cue cards. They're all over the room. 
And Which, apparently Brando had that and an earwig to kind of tell him and prompt him what the lines were. So yeah. he's a brilliant actor. A movie? Yeah, I know, he's an amazing, he, he put his arm around Mark's shoulder and said that was best scene I've ever seen. Oh, you know what, Michael, uh, it was a big moment for me. And now I feel bad that I shared it with someone who is only gonna give me a hard time about it. It was uh, it was quite emotional for me and, and it's nice that you could have your little laugh at my expense. And Mark, if I weren't giving you a hard time about it, you would call me later and say, everything okay? Yeah, <laughs> oh, you don't have to justify it. I know it's you. You, you can't help yourself. Yes. I have other stories of uh, high-profile people taking me aside and telling me how great I was, but I'll share <laughs> them maybe another time. Right. So, uh, Godfather, by the way, a movie produced by Bob Evans, Michael's uncle. Um, so, uh, and I'm right now I'm watching The Offer on Paramount Plus, which is all oh, about are? that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the guy who plays Evan seems pretty good. He probably Matthew, doesn't. It, yeah, his name's Matthew Good. What's that, Michael? Does he good. work? His name's Matthew Good. Is he doing a good job portraying my uncle? Uh, yeah, he's doing a terrific job. He like he doesn't exactly look or exactly sound like your uncle, but he sounds right. like a colorful character, which your uncle was. So good enough. He's right. clo he's close. He's not so far off though. I'd say Jank. I mean. Well, he, most I think people he's don't know what he sounded like. You know, I mean, the, the people that are yeah. Watching. Although I mean, you know, he's he had that great manner of speaking, and his audio book is just terrific. I mean, it's and they did a documentary, I guess, using the audio book. Um, yeah. When when your uncle Bob Evans, Robert Evans, when he he was married to Ali McGraw, right? Yep, he was married. I had uh, I had two uncles, and from them I was able to have eleven aunts. Uh, and Bob gave me seven, and his brother Charles gave me four. And, wow. and Allie, though, had the distinction of being the mother of my only cousin uh, from Bob. Uh, so we we she was the one that was kind of and remains kind of like family, as it were, because you know she had Joshua, my my cousin, and you know that's how that yeah. worked. But yeah. Wow. But he, but there, I'll tell one story because you guys know both know I'm a 49ers fan. So Bob was married to Phyllis George, the late Phyllis George, for a while, and this is the mid 70s. And I was a huge 49ers fan living in New York, and it was impossible. I would, you know, I would find the 49ers scores out late that night. It would just be a score. I'd have to wait until HBO did, you know, this week in the NFL or whatever that show was that they did to see highlights, and you'd read about it the next day. In the paper, but well, so while Bob was married for Phyllis, albeit for not a very long time, one football season, we'll say that. Um, every morning, a limo would pick me up every Sunday morning and drive me down to 57th Street, where CBS shot NFL Today. Phyllis was the uh, one of the hosts of NFL Today, and I'd be put into a green room. And I could watch the 49ers and I'd be sitting next to Jimmy the Greek and Irv Cross and invariably people would be coming in and out. And I was watching the 49ers. So she sort of got, she earned some good kudos as an aunt at that time. That is yeah. a terrific story. And I've never been aware of that, that yeah. access you had. And that when you're back then, when you're in a situation where you can watch all the games, it was completely unheard of. There was no, you know, they, there were all these blackouts. There was really, you were you were married to whatever game was on the and goddamn what, network. 
whatever was local and whatever right. was on Monday Night Football. Those were the games. And the 49ers, I think the year that she, I think they were two and 14 the year that I went every Sunday to watch those games. And she kept me around after they split. I got one more season out of her and then she met someone else and, and moved on and all that. But but it was really, it was incredible because there was no other way to see it. And then she would get me, you know, signed balls and jackets and stuff. Wow, wow. Yeah. It oh was my God! Any fun stuff? How wow. old were you then? Uh, eleven and twelve around that. Oh, oh my God! Perfect. Those are perfect. Jank, can you believe it? I mean, yeah. it's well. It look, explains a lot. It explains I, a lot. Look, I, I don't want to <laughs> outshine you guys. I don't want to. I don't want to. But uh, I'm going to tell a story about my uncle, and then I'm going to tell a story <laughs> about a named uh, character I played in a movie. Uh, yeah. So my uncle was uh, Supi Yavasha, as you all know, and mm -hmm. uh, and he lived in Pittsburgh. And when we went to go visit him, I'd get to steal the see the Steelers games. So I thought my uncle was magical. I was like, nice. he lives in this city where you can watch the Steelers every Sunday. This is amazing. <laughs> okay. So that was my version of Robert Evans. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, I was most excited about being able to watch the 49ers. There were movie stars and starlets and beautiful women, you know, all over his house. But being able to go back, <laughs> what up? I mean, you took the words amazing. right out of my mouth about my uncle's house in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. I was <laughs> right. I was. Yeah. I'm sorry. There wasn't some like coming of age moment where you're over at Robert Evans' house and he's with Allie and there are all these there girls was, around. There's, or? there's a story since we're talking about it. There, I, I, was, I came out to visit the summer between 10th and 11th grade. A friend of mine had moved to Los Angeles that summer uh, from New York. I grew up in New York City and he moved out there. And uh, another friend of mine and I went to visit um, uh, him and we went to my uncle's and Hung by the pool, and you know, hung out. We would hang out at his house every once in a while while we were there. We were only there for four or five days, and uh, Bob came out and uh, and realized I just finished tenth grade. I was just me, you know. I haven't changed much. And he came, comes up to me and he says, "Would you like? Would you? Would you like some girls? Should we get some girls for you?" And I was like. I don't know that we would know what to do with girls. We're going to, you know, we're going to go to uh, to see a, a concert, and we're going to Magic Mountain, Bob. That's what we're doing. And he said, "I can get you a girl later. You want a girl? I'll get you a girl later." And he said, "Here's two hundred dollars. Let me know if you want a girl." And it was constant. He could not relate to the fact that I wanted to go to Magic Mountain, and he wanted to give me, like, set me up with a girl. So I wasn't quite there yet, and that was wow. Like removed from, but had, had I gone there in college, things might have been different. I mean, I, I'm, I almost am physically pained by that story, Jenk. 100%. I really am. Yeah, yeah. God. Look, I, I don't know what my answer would have been, but I've got a pretty good guess. I mean, I have to say that I, I would, I'm with Michael though, in that in 11th, even 11th and 12th grade, even I had no, I had no experience. You know, I was really, you know, late to the party. But man, I think if I were around Robert Evans a little bit more, I would have been so, uh, stepping to it. It also speaks to what an first, but he wasn't Robert Evans to me. Like you know, he was Uncle Bob, and he was cool, and he had all these stories, and he was who he was. But it wasn't like I wasn't. He was still my mom's brother. I don't know. He was still, sure. No, I get it. I mean, it's a different sort no, of relationship. No. Yeah, I get and, it. But if my uncle was a top Hollywood producer, and he's like, "You want me to get 
a girl from right. Hollywood <laughs> and I'm in 11th grade. Uh, I don't know what I would have done, but my guess is I would have screamed, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you would have, yeah, right, it right. Different, but it also shows you what a different era it was, both in Hollywood and the rest of the world, that yeah. even that conversation could happen. So I don't regret it. Yeah. Did you, uh, what was the best story he told you? Do you have one story that sticks out, like when he's sitting there <laughs> spinning? He told so many stories. Right, that's why I ask. Can't imagine. I mean, sort of like some of your filmic memories of sure. people putting their arms around you. Anything, I, I anything that measures up to that. I, I don't know which ones were true. Uh, now, Bob was a great. How story dare poet. you? Uh, <laughs> Bonnie checking me to the glass every chance way, it I gets. Believe, I believe yours, Mark. Uh, I don't believe all of Bob's. Uh, you know, Bob would tell some pretty ribald stories, and not ones that I would tell in old school. And he would talk about how he got started. He he would he loved talking about himself. He just loved it, and he would talk about it all all the time. And his his career, which was unusual and prodigious, and uh, he really did. You would go to his house. We'd go to parties and every famous person in America would just be there coming over to use the pool to watch the, you know, my favorite Bob stories was like they would, my, I'd go out there with my mom and dad and they would all go out for dinner and to parties and do whatever they would do. And Bob would call Paramount and have movies brought over for me and for my cousin to watch in his screening room. And he had a screening room with a projectionist, like a man who sat in there and switched the, the reels. So I could order any movie I wanted any movie and just sit at his house and watch it at a time this predates even the VCR you know where it was just unbelievable so that to me those were the most amazing parts of it is you you know or you'd go to the Paramount lot and he would stick me in a room i remember watching blazing saddles on the Paramount lot by myself while they went to lunch and did whatever they did it's sad that you weren't able to watch some of my work like and set it off back then. I, did, I remember clearly coming home one of those nights anyway and watching the news. So, mm. um, right, so I- Yeah, not exactly the same thing. I see what you're trying to do, but not exactly the same thing. You know, Bob had so many stories about, but it was always about women and it was always about him and it was always about deals he made. He loved to talk about deals. He loved to talk about when he saved Paramount, which he did do. And, um, and, but mostly. Well, he did go to bat for the Godfather, right? He sure did. And for the company, like he went to the board to make sure that they could do the movie and to make sure that he's, I mean, he was trying to save his hide there too, because they'd had a bad year. But I mean, he produced. Unbelievable movies: The Godfather, Rosemary's Baby, Love Story, Chinatown. Um, you know, some dogs like everybody else with Marathon Man, Black Sunday. Uh, it just wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Marathon Man. So you got Marathon Man as an extra because of Bob Evans. A hundred percent, because he okay. was my uncle and he produced that movie. Okay, I mean that's. Uh, I don't mean to. I don't mean to diminish that, but I, I'm I just saying. I was an extra and I was nine, so I don't think. Oh well, now you're playing it down. When we for you led with it when we uh, when we were well, in our uh, little competition. I have to work with Olivier. I you mean, opened with uh, Marathon Man Olivier. You didn't mention nine. <laughs> maybe I was ten. I don't know. No, no. Anyway, no. and and what you don't know is that uh, they try to take him out of that movie, but Bob Evans said the kid stays in the picture. <laughs> Come on, Jake, where's my applause? There it is, there, all right, yeah. Okay, all right, now finally, a story about me. 
<laughs> Speaking of Bob Evans proclivities. Okay, so let's have fun. I'll tell you the one story where I had the um, the kind of named character. Okay, so I've told the story before. I don't know Mark if, if Mark or Mark or Michael were on, and it's been a long time since I told the story. So some of the old school fans might remember it, uh, but I'm sure that a lot of you won't. Okay, so this is the story of contact. Um, when I was in contact, and so and to be fair, you know, when I was in uh, Money Monster with, that Jodie Foster was directing, I had already starred with her in Contact, so we had a bit of a relationship, you know. And so I'm just putting my cards on the table. Michael didn't do it. I'm just trying to be fair, okay? <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so I this is the first uh, job that I got because I had just uh, joined the union. And because I needed to be in the union to do radio and I was trying to be a radio talk show host. I got this giant dues that I had to pay in the beginning. And so I'm like, brothers, I don't have $1,000, $1,200, whatever it is. I don't have it at all, not even close. I've got nothing, okay? And so they said, oh, okay, listen, don't worry, we'll get you some movies. Which is a nice thing about, I was an after back then, before the SAG after merger had happened. And and so, they're like, so you go into this thing and then uh, they, they need extras for when movies shoot in DC. And that's why I was in all the movies that have some sort of government role, right? So uh, Deep Impact, it's the government officials. I'm in a car, uh, that's another legendary story, but I have no speaking part. You can't see me in there. Deep State, another movie that involves the government. Uh, Gene, uh, you can't see me in there, I'm a rando at a bar. But I did have a Mark and Michael kind of moment where during one of the scenes, during one of the breaks in the scenes, Gene Hackman was in the scene and he came and sat right next to me and we had peanuts together and then we started chit chatting and everybody was listening to us. And then he put his arm around me, no, he didn't do that. But okay, but in, but in, but in contact, this is my first movie ever as an extra and and so I don't know what I'm doing. And they say, okay, this is gonna be a big scene. It's a big Senate scene. It's gonna take a couple of days and we don't know how long it's gonna take. So come prepared and bring in a brown outfit because you are going to be one of the reporters that sits or stands behind either Foster or McConaughey. So the people in the audience are gonna wear, that are in the seats are gonna wear blue. The reporters wear brown, everything's color coded, which I didn't know about the movies. but. And then now you might be able to notice that sometimes they do color coding with the different professions, which is kind of interesting and weird. Anyways, I show up on the first day, it's like five o'clock in the morning. I'm not a morning guy, I'm devastatingly tired. And the first thing they do is they give you breakfast, right? So I put that, they told me to bring a brown outfit. I brought a brown jacket, put it in on the thing, I'm eating the breakfast. And I'm not saying a word. I mean, it takes like an hour and then they bring us somewhere else, and that takes an hour, and somewhere, and that takes an hour. And I'm still trying to wake up, I haven't said anything. And so one of the guys that at the table is kind of like a loud guy, okay? And he's the one commanding all the conversations and stuff. And he gives me kind of a nickname. He calls me the quiet guy. <laughs> okay, little did he know, okay? Yeah, really. Yeah. And so that's the most ironic nickname anyone's ever gotten. Totally okay. irony, yeah. Yeah, so I'm the quiet guy. And so finally we start shooting the scene and uh, and I put on the coat that they told me to bring and stuff. And, and, uh, and as luck would have it, 
the way that things get shuffled around, I wind up right behind Matthew McConaughey. And holy cow, I'm in the scene, I'm in the shot, right? You gotta understand in that scene, there was like a thousand people in that room. So me being in the shot is like near miraculous, right? right. And so, and I have a name tag and it says Herb, okay? <laughs> so, so I, I'm sitting there and, and then we start shooting and I'm taking notes and I look back at the movie, I watched it again, like a long time later. Oh, I'm hamming it up, I'm awful. Like I'm like. <laughs> I have to watch it now. Okay, like I'm like, I'm so distracting. I'm like, stop pretending to be oh. a reporter. Let the professionals like Mark and Michael do this, okay? So anyways, I even pretended to be Italian for a while, no, I'm kidding, anyway. So so then the assistant director, and I'm so, I feel bad that I forgot his name, and he's not called the assistant director, he's like called the number two or something, and or the number one. Zemeckis is the director, and this guy comes, but this guy comes out and goes, hey, you. Right, and he points at me in front of a thousand people, okay, including Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey, James Woods. We didn't know what he was back then, anyways. Um, and he's like, and then he looks at my tag and he goes, Hey, and he goes, No, no, he goes, What's your name? And I said, um, uh, uh, I couldn't believe he was talking to me. I was like, uh, Jank Uger. And then he looks at my tag and goes, No, Herb. Um, and he goes, Herb. Please tell me that uh, wardrobe gave you that jacket. And I was like, uh, no, I brought it. And everybody laughs. And he's oh like, he's like, oh, Herb, I'm so sorry, brother. But your jacket is so ugly, it's hurting the camera. Okay. Wow. And everybody like, like explodes in laughter. And he's wow. like, Herb, are you an actual reporter? And I'm like, uh, no. And he's like, because I was a public access talk show at the time, right? And and he's like, so I assume you're a used car salesman, right? Wow. Everybody laughs again.